Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In today's Gospel, we hear the great parable of the Good Samaritan. Now I remember growing up as a little boy, our parish priest would talk about the Good Samaritan in terms of the moral life. He would say that we have a duty to care for one another, especially those who have special needs in our society. Then he would launch into a laundry list of social justice issues. Now don't get me wrong. Yes, we have a responsibility to care for one another. As I've said many times, we're all on for ourselves. Yes, we have to care for one another, especially those that most need our help in society. But this parable of the Good Samaritan begs that we take it to a deeper spiritual level. Yes, I know this is probably one of the best-known parables in all of sacred scripture, and it's because of its spiritual depth. The early church fathers saw this. In fact, the early church fathers saw in this parable the fall of grace and then God's plan of redemption. Now, appreciate the context in which this gospel parable is set in. The scribe approaches Jesus and asks him, What must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, this man is a scribe. He's a scholar of the law. So he already knows the answer before he even asks the question. So he's trying to trick Jesus. Jesus' response, the two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then the scribe asks Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? And with that, Jesus launches into this parable. And that's the beauty of this parable. It teaches us how God redeems us, and it happens all through Jesus Christ. In fact, Jesus is at the very heart of this parable. Now, notice how the story begins. A man fell victim to robbers as he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Well, we have to understand some topography here. Jerusalem is one of the highest places in all of Israel. It's a city built on top of a mountain, Mount Sinai. And Jericho is just the opposite. It's one of the lowest places in the entire world. It's below sea level. It's right next to the Dead Sea. And so if you are traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, it's a descent of about 3,000 feet. It's a 17-mile journey filled with roads that are twisting and winding and several switchbacks. At every turn, there are robbers, thieves, kidnappers, marauders hiding and waiting for you. The spiritual symbolism here is Jerusalem stands for friendship. Friendship with God, righteousness, a right relationship with God. Remember, the temple of the Israelites was located in Jerusalem, and the Israelites believed that was where the presence of God was located. 
And yet this man is leaving this holy place and he's going down. Jerusalem is a symbol of a right relationship with God. It's a symbol of the well-ordered soul. Jericho is just the opposite. It's a symbol of a place of sin, sin city, the improper soul. So from the very beginning of the story, this man represents all of humanity. It represents each and every one of us falling victim to sin. And it first began with Adam and Eve, and it continued centuries and centuries, even until this day. And so immediately, we are drawn into the story. We are this man traveling down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, it says the man fell victim to the robbers. Spiritually speaking, when sin enters our life, we are robbed. Robbed of that sense of inner peace from being Christ-centered. We are robbed of the well-ordered soul. Robbed of the properly functioning will. Now, notice also, it says he was beaten and left half dead. Symbolically, sin doesn't completely kill us. Instead, it beats us up and leaves us half dead. I often given you the quote from St. Irenaeus, God is glorified when the human being is fully alive. When, when are we fully alive? When we have the well-ordered soul. When our will is properly functioning or aligned to the will of God. Then we give glory to God and we are fully alive. Sin prevents us from that, prevents us from being fully alive. Instead, it leaves us half dead. Now, this is a great picture of the effects of sin in our life. It gets us lost, off the beaten track, beaten up and left half dead. Next in the story, it says, A priest happened to be going down the road, but when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite came to the place, and when he saw him, he too passed by on the opposite side. Now, these two officials represent the religious establishment of that time. And yet, they walk away from this person. They render this person no help whatsoever. So, you say to yourself, well, if there's anyone that should help this man, it should be these two religious men. But they walk away from the man on the other side of the road. That's cold. Well, these two figures are adhering to the Torah, the Mosaic law, which had strict purity laws forbidding anyone from touching a dead body other than someone in your own family. Notice also the direction that they're going. They too are going down. What's the implication? Well, we are all sinners. We are all caught up in that web and we can't save ourselves nor could the Israelites. That's why the Israelites and the entire world needed a Savior. Next, in the story, it says, The Samaritan came and moved with compassion, came down from his animal, and approached the man who was half dead. Well, the Samaritan will rescue this man from death. Symbolically, the Samaritan represents Jesus Christ, who, along with the Father and the Holy Spirit, have great compassion upon a fallen world, a world that is half dead because of sin. Well, now Jesus comes and rescues us from death, just like the Samaritan did. Now, it's important for us to know something about these Samaritans and their background. The Samaritans were considered outsiders, half-breeds. 
The Samaritans were once descendants of the Israelites. They were once Israelites themselves. But remember, when the Babylonians conquered the Israelites and took many of the population off to Babylon to live as slaves, they left quite a few of the Israelites back home in Israel to live. Well, those Israelites intermarried with non-Jews and became Samaritans. And when the Babylonian exile finished or was terminated, the Israelites came back and they saw these Samaritans and what they had done. And so that created a lot of hostility as well as a source of hatred between the Israelites as well as the Samaritans for centuries on end. Well, symbolically, Jesus is similar to these Samaritans. He has two natures. He is fully divine and fully human. He was always considered an outsider, especially by the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Towards the end of his life, Jesus, too, would be hated by nearly everybody. But that similarity continues. It says in the story, the Samaritan came down from his animal and out of compassion approached the man. Well, Jesus does the same thing. He comes down from heaven out of compassion for a fallen world, for you and I, for all of humanity, in order to save us and heal us. Now, this image is at the very heart of our faith. We are all in the same boat together, and we are all seasick, seasick from sin. And none of us can heal each other. Instead, we need somebody from outside of that boat to heal us. We need an outsider. Who is it? Jesus Christ, who comes out of compassion to save us, just like this good Samaritan. Now, notice what he does. It says he poured oil and wine into the wounds and bandaged them. Symbolically, it points to the sacraments that heal us. Oil is used in baptism and confirmation and anointing of the sick. These are sacraments that represent our participation in the life of Jesus Christ. Wine represents the Eucharist that we drink, the blood of Jesus Christ, that we together take in the life of Christ into us. Well, Jesus, he pours the sacraments into us. And in doing so, he heals us of our wounds caused by our sin. And what are those wounds? Well, there are a variety. There's wounds of hatred, jealousy, bearing grudges, selfishness. These wounds weaken our will and cause the improper soul. Next, it says, He lifted the man onto his horse and took him to the inn and cared for him. See, this is what the heart of the spiritual life is all about. Jesus entering into our life for the express purpose of what? Healing us, strengthening us, and raising us up in our faith. Finally, it says the Samaritan gave two silver coins to the innkeeper. One of the great titles that we give Jesus is the Redeemer. And we are the redeemed people. That word redeemed comes from the Latin word redeemere, which means to buy back. Yes, sin beats us up, it leaves us half dead, but it also holds us hostage. A ransom must be paid for our freedom. That's why during the great season of Advent, we sing that classic song, O come, O come, Emmanuel, 
and ransom captive Israel. Before Jesus, the whole world was held hostage to sin and death. But now through Jesus, we are redeemed. We are bought back. What's the price of our liberation? Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection. One last thing to think about. At the very end, the Samaritan enters into agreement with the inn to care for this man while the Samaritan is away. Well, what does Jesus do? The exact same thing. Before he ascends back into heaven, he entrusts the world to our church. You see, symbolically, that inn is our church. Only in the church are we cared for. Only in the church do we find healing in the sacraments. Only in the church do we find refreshment in the Eucharist. See, that's the beauty and the power of this parable. Friends, I strongly encourage you, take some time this week. Can't afford not to. Pray over this parable. Allow Jesus to be that good Samaritan for you, to enter into your life, to heal you, strengthen you, and lift you up in your faith. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.